This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, buddy, I had to I had to go a little spooky on that intro, just uh, just because I'm excited. This is part two of the Halloween bracket, still pending title. I think we're just going to roll with it. Uh, but uh, last episode was so much fun. Uh, definitely, we got into the weeds on a lot of characters that I don't think we'll talk about again, uh, unless we're talking about this subject matter. Uh, but I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, sir? I am great. Uh, as I think the people will be listening to this, I'm back from barbershop contest. So uh, I don't know how I did yet, but uh, when I find out, I'll let y'all know. Um, I think I think you won. <laughs> uh, well, uh, fun story about this new barbershop quartet. So um, when we got back from international, the chorus. That is uh, a nine-time world champion. We finished sixth places here. That was not ideal. It was not what we were expecting. But still, sixth best course on the planet. Not too terribly awful. Um, so we started talking about ways to make the course better because, you know, we're, we're, we want to win. That's the goal. Um, and one of the things we did was a quartet initiative. So we put together a bunch of quartets within the chapter. I was assigned one. And uh, we have a contest next weekend as we're recording this, which is why we're recording this now instead of next weekend. Um, and it's going very well. We had to come up with a name. We only had a few weeks. So we submitted last place as our quartet name. So we're just <laughs> and then they do a random draw where they just draw names out of the ha- out of the hats or whatever. And it so worked out that we actually drew last place. So we are the last quartet singing. Uh, the last quartet is last place, and uh, hopefully uh, we don't finish in last place. And there's a good chance we make the the final round and uh, get to sing on Saturday and get to sing twice. So it's actually brilliant. That. It's actually brilliant reverse psychology on the judges because yes. it's it's kind of like we can't actually put last place in last place, can we? <laughs> <laughs> well, they could. I'm just hoping. Well, uh, the reverse psychology would be, okay, one, these guys don't take themselves that seriously. They're probably not that good. And then we sing and they go, oh, well, they're better than we expected. And we just steal a couple points. I think that's kind of the idea. We'll hopefully steal some of those uh, brownie points for lowering expectations and over-delivering. <laughs> yes, yes. Under-promise, over-deliver. That's how I live my work life. Uh, speaking of over-delivering, our guest today returning to finish this bracket, the Ooh. Halloween bracket. Yeah. Dino Winwood, how you doing today, bud? I'm tired. Uh, I had a hell of a previous night to where I'm sort of sounding like Rob Van Dam just a little bit, but you know, it's totally <laughs> cool. Buddy. But um good to be back. I was gonna say great, but no. <laughs> well, you you certainly you certainly have been the whole fucking show uh last uh, week I and this it. week. And yeah, you see what I did Podcast. there? Yeah, two thumbs up and then down for me. Get it? We're still going with Rob Van Dam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that's Batista's uh, betrayal. No. Okay. Enough of it. Let's not talk about machine gun dancing today, okay? Uh, yeah. So we're already we're already here, huh? <laughs> like, well, shit. I guess that was the whole topic of the show, so. dude. We just we all had Rob Van Dam moments right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, so. We, last week, we did the first round, 16 matchups. Today, we have 16 matchups to go through to decide a winner of the the best Halloween-themed wrestler in uh, professional wrestling history. So, with trick-or-treating just around the corner, we're excited to deliver this to you. Gentlemen, are you ready to get started? Yes. All right. So, right off the bat, here we go. Undertaker! And Malachi Black, Ronald. Ooh. 
the the arena is going to be dark for a long, long time before the bell rings. <laughs> I can't find my seat. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? We're we're talking at least thirty minutes of just lights being out <laughs> of just entrances. Ah. Oh. And okay. then the lights go out one time for one guy, and then the lights go out again, and the other guy gets the advantage, and they just keep going back and forth during the match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so funny. It looks like a Scooby. It looks like a Scooby Doo uh, scene where like they're going in and out of doors and just missing each other. Except it's just lights out in the arena. Like the lights come back on, come back on, and Taker's at the commentary table. Oh, looks like business just picked up. Lights out. And then he's in the freaking concession stand. Can I get a hot dog, please? And then the lights oh. go out. Oh, man, this is a whole nother take it up creative that we're yeah. going to pursue. Oh. Where did uh, he go? You. Oh, this is way better. <laughs> this is way better than the Pundertaker. Go back in the archives. Oh, God, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Enough Enough. Uh, filibustering on this one. I, uh, I attempted to be funny and unpredictable last time Undertaker came up, but I think I'll go back to my predictability here. Out of these two, uh, I'm gonna go Undertaker, the man himself, just uh, just to see if uh, Cole's willing to side with Alistair Black out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what Dino has to say first. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, honestly, it's gotta, it's got, it's gotta be Undertaker on this one. There's been too many moments in his career uh, that have just been so memorable, like whether it be walking through Kane's fire, whether it be trying to crucify Stephanie McMahon, whether it be like, we're too Stephanie. Yeah. You know, and all that stuff. <laughs> Buckle but up, like, Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, ass, grass, or cash. Player! You know, I don't know. But, like, uh, I got to go Undertaker on this one. Way too many moments, way too much uh, dark elements of where people were starting to, like, schools were starting to get upset that you were wearing his T-shirts. So as much as I love Alistair and I hope that he gets more opportunity to display whatever his vision is, I got to go Undertaker. <clears throat> All right. Clean sweep to start the show for the Undertaker. Moving on to the next round. Uh, I've talked about both these men enough, uh, so we'll keep it moving. <clears throat> Gangrel and Mortis. Fuck. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, after last episode, I have no idea where this one might go. So mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and go first because I don't know what you guys are thinking. Um, boy, this is oh, it's so tough because Gangrel, like we as we discussed last week, Gangrel is for his short run that he had in the WWE. People still talk about it to this day. They talk about the brood. They talk about everything. It's great. And then, like we said, Mortis, uh, Chris Canyon, one of the innovators of, of the business and wrestling offense. This one's kind of a coin flip for me, but I think I'm just going to go with which one I think looked cooler, and it's Mortis. So Mortis wow. for me. Ronald? Yeah, if I can, like, indulge my, you know, just uh, pat myself on the back a little bit and just name drop, I, I have a connection to both these guys uh, in the wrestling business, like, uh, Gangrel was uh, super nice enough to, uh, you know, entertain my markdom and allowed me to take a Impaler DDT, even though I had no business taking one at the time, because this was this was well over 400 pounds, Ron, and he even said, "Oh, it, it wouldn't make sense." I was like, "But I want to take it." <laughs> yeah, and he more than obliged. It was so awesome. And then Canyon. Uh, I, I was in the ring briefly with, with him. I only took a strike just for I was a clear house uh, victim, and but he like he was he was like the first guy that like took his time and like talked to everybody about their match, watched everything before he went on, and was super nice, super genuine, and it just really broke my heart to hear his story after the fact, uh, because a dude that nice going through that just sucks, and um. But yeah, and just I can't overstate how cool the 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 Mortis character looked. Both of these characters were very short lived, uh, but you know one of them made a bigger impact. But I think personal taste passing the eye test. Uh, if you put these guys next to each other, I'm gonna go that dude's cooler, uh, and I'm talking about Mortis. 
Well, I'm the odd man out because I definitely choose Gangrel, but only for the fact that, yes, there is absolutely no doubting that Canyon looked fucking rad as Mortis. Like, Mortis was a character, like, I want the figure. I want the figure. He's in the video game. I want the shirt, too. And, like, you you want the merch. Like, that, to me, that's, that's like, the selling point, especially for a big corporation like WCW at that time. Um, I've met both of them. I've met Canyon when he had his one match at PWG. He was a gentleman. He was very kind to everybody. And like you said, Ron, he stopped to talk to anybody who wanted to talk to him. Um, I definitely wish I could have gotten to know him more. Uh, Gangrel was always, I've met him twice, uh, had breakfast with him, as I said in the previous episode, which was fucking surreal. Like, Hey, I'm having breakfast with a fucking legendary vampire wrestler from my childhood today. (laughs) What did you do? Oh, you woke up. But um, <laughs> but to me, the deciding factor for Gangrel is because of the bloodbath. Yeah. Now, the bloodbath was the ECW lights out moment of WWF at that time. So when something happened and you hear the music playing and you wake up and the person's just covered in this carnage. And it's like, oh, he's been marked by the brood. To this day, whenever there is something that either, you know, if I'm fine with the outcome, or even if I'm like, damn, just I, I always say bloodbath, bloodbath, bloodbath. <laughs> like, turn off the lights, cover them in the bloodbath, and that's the return of Gangrel or anything else. Um, I know that they did like a quasi bloodbath. It was, you know, different colored blood. I didn't care for it. But I still <laughs> love Gangrel for that short amount of impact that he did. Um, and so, yeah, I know I'm the odd man out, but I'm going to stick with Gangrel, even though he loses this round. I mean, you're so passionate about it. Is this Darso material? Mm. Judging by who else we have, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off. Don't want to blow my wad too early. Mm. <laughs> it always comes back to bite me and Ron in the ass whenever we, we uh, do something for comedic effect early <laughs> on in the bracket. So... <laughs> Mortis moving on. That brings us to Mantar and Kevin Sullivan. Oh. Oh, buddy. See, I pictured Taskmaster trying to bring Mantar to the Dungeon of Doom. And then, like, Mantar is like the Batista of uh, Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> we have this big, that like... Dude, we have this big buildup. <laughs> we have this big buildup. Mant- Mantar wins World War Three. He's going to go on to face the champion. It's Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Kevin it. Sullivan's trying to get him to go to Thunder. I need it. I need <laughs> he, it so much. I'm so he, sad that we never got that. He gives him the thumbs no. down and headbutts him with the big mask. <laughs> no, no, we got Norman the Lunatic instead. <laughs> yes. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, noble, but Mantar's moving on. <laughs> oh. Oh, all right. Well, I think I've had about enough of this Mantar silliness so far. So for me, again, I talked about how much I love Kevin Sullivan back in the day, and I still do. And, uh, you know, for me, it's it's Kevin Sullivan moving on to the next round. So that leaves it up to Dino the Winwood. I mean, based off the dedication to the gimmicks, this is like if you were to flip a coin – it would stand still because you know, <laughs> Kevin Sullivan really brought into the dark element while as Mantar the guy fucking just straight up owned it. Like, all right, I need a paycheck. This is fine. I'm getting it. So, and look how and great it looked on television. It we really did. That's the thing that you really cannot deny. Like the nineties, this is before CGI. Yeah. Like this is pure practical effects. This guy put a fucking carcass on his head and yeah. just went out there. This guy was a well done pinata. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just and a slushy somehow. Just so, slaying ass all over the place. Just slamming ass left and right. More just, than a walk, car. just walking out horny as fuck. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Stomping fools. <laughs> but I gotta go. Based on that alone, I gotta go Sullivan on that one. Double stomping. <laughs> Dungeon of Doom. All of that shit. It, 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 Mantar, great gimmick, but it stopped right there. While well, Sullivan built a world, a universe around. Yes, for you, for you, Mantar may have stopped right there, but he will not be stopping in this bracket. <laughs> yep, it was a uh, it was a tall task, but a task that I was willing to take, which makes me the real taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Mantar is moving on. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'll have no fuss or any disagreement on this whatsoever from the audience at home. I'm seeing Cole shake his head. I think he's, uh, I think he's just oblivious and just, you know, just dumbfounded by how awesome Mantar really is, and just is accepting that he is moving on in this bracket and may just win. <laughs> Literally had to take the head off to get in the ring and then put the head back on. <laughs> I mean, what, what a, a lot of other wrestlers do that too. I'm, I was disappointed that Scott Steiner didn't wrestle with the chainmail, so, or Vader well, no, didn't wrestle I, with the I mastodon mean, helmet. The head wouldn't fit through the ropes, so he, he had to try. take it off and then put it back on. He to wouldn't. Stand in I the mean, corner. he didn't even try. He was there. We were there. He didn't try. I mean, you're just speaking to the man's dedication at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, the Darso is in effect. There's nothing we can do about it. Yes. Moving on to Abdullah the Butcher versus Matt Bourne's Doink the Clown. Woo! Uh, for me, oh, this is tough. We love Doink so much on the show. Um, I, oh, oh. <laughs> good, good Sega Genesis Royal Rumble noises. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Well, uh, with that said, I think I'm gonna have to go with Abdullah the Butcher. Here. You son of a bitch! Speaking of good noises, <laughs> I'm like, what is that guy made a noise? <laughs> Let's just see it. He's like, hoof, hoof, son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, uh. And everyone had the same voice, even the women. Yeah. Yes. It was. <laughs> um. See now, this is great because now I'm picturing the feud between these guys. And if you're if you're an avid listener of the creative team, then you know that there's forks and there's cream pies uh, in this match. And um, you know, once Doink pulls out the pie, I think uh, Abdullah just pulls out the fork and takes a bite, similar to Luna Vashon and the worms, yeah. and uh, just spits in his face. And uh, we call it, and you know, we go home right from there. Damn it! Yeah, but they would. In the in an effort to make. Dino the Decider, I'm going to go with Bracket Alumni winner, Doink the Clown. Oh, good, because I was going to pick Doink, too. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I got to pick Doink, man. Like, legit. It, it's, 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 what started off as a terrifying gimmick, became friendly, and then drove a man to insanity. Got to go with that. Well, as Abby, yeah, he's a very intimidating presence, but, like, that's, that's it. That's really it. Like, I like the stabby stabby, but, like, it's a clown, dude. That's yes. A, that's a frightening. Cl- a clown that has children suffering in his theme. Yep. So. I just, yeah, I picture I picture the clown being the one thing that Abdullah the Butcher is afraid of. That'd be awesome. And so yeah. I just think the visuals of Abby being scared running from the clown would be awesome as well. So mm-hmm. I'm okay oh, with it. God. I'm okay with it. It's not Darsa material just yet. Because there, I have a dark horse in this thing, so I need to hang on to my Darso. <coughs> so, Sting versus Gold Dust, Ronald. Ooh. Okay. It's great because we got the Hollywood, you know, eerie icon versus, you know, uh, the Crow Sting, who says yeah. it's showtime. You know, the promo's right itself. So, but for me. If I'm going to go spookier and, you know, just more of the theme for this bracket, you know, we gave we gave Goldust his uh, his just due as far as what the character did. Um, but I'm going to have to lean towards uh, Sting on this one. Yeah, I think when we kind of first started kicking this around, we, we were talking about, you know, using fear, intimidation, and, you know, psychological warfare type thing. I think... Uh... <sighs> Sting, the the buildup for Sting's return as the Crow character was phenomenal. It was well done. Um, and you just saw Sting just hiding in the rafters and all that stuff. And you never you, you didn't know until the very end who which side he was on. It's one of the, the coolest, you know, teasers they've ever done. It was one of the things that WCW did right. And I think Really, everything that Bischoff did from like NWO through Sting's return up to the very moment when they fucked Sting in the title match and uh, was was brilliant. And it, it it was 
it was so well done that moment they shit the bed so bad with that moment it basically changed the fortune of the company yep. forever <laughs> for the negative but uh they realistically they they you know for kids gold dust stuff was just silly and we didn't know but for older people they were really leaning on you know frankly homophobia to mm -hmm. as the, the you know the the fear factor you know people just don't not knowing not being accepting being ignorant frankly and uh it's such a great gimmick for the time but it's one of those things that's very dated because nowadays you couldn't use use it as intimidation or a way to make people feel uncomfortable at this point it's just you know it, it would be more silly and fun whereas back then it was a way to instill fear so for that i think i'm gonna go with sting as well yeah for, so. for me i'm more scared if i don't get my balls grabbed by you right <laughs> <laughs> well, i was like what's wrong cole yeah yeah <laughs> I'm well, nothing it. now are, are you dying <laughs> are you dying <laughs> hey man like i want to talk to you first like, yeah what's up <laughs> Yeah, I can grab my balls. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. my, you know. Yeah, my, I'm fine. Why? <laughs> my balls have been my balls have been lacking in the Coles hand department. <laughs> They've been cold. Yeah, I need coals to warm them up. <laughs> yeah, come on, it's Christmas. I've been naughty. Give me those lumps of coal. <laughs> give me those lumps. Or don't give me lumps, but like you know, feel around. <sighs> oh, where did? How, where are we? We're talking about prostate and ball exams. So you it's, know, we're at that age. <laughs> it's Sting versus Gold Dust, two to O. Oh. Uh, and we're going to Dino to get him to weigh in on this subject matter. <laughs> well, let's change the score to three, a combination of three and five, because Sting's mystical uh, presence, being in the rafters, fucking lowering himself down with that, you know, the, the, the line and unhooking himself, taking a Sting mask to reveal a Sting face right behind it. <laughs> I mean, how do you deny that? The man made it snow in AEW, and I don't mean Tony's office. Like, it is definitely something that is to be notified. It's something to be noted. Sting is the winner of this section. All right. This one is very tough and heartbreaking. In fact, the next two are really incredibly tough. Luna Vashon taken on mankind Ooh. damn you oh damn you i love yeah. luna i love yes. i love luna to death uh i'll edit that out um <laughs> well then i'll say i love luna i love luna to death oh shit i just got why you're cutting it don't yeah. <laughs> don't repeat my accidental awfulness i'm uh, ron kilborn <laughs> oh Anyway, no, I do love Luna the character, but I think the 1996-1997 run of Mankind is about as undeniable as you can get. Um, it, it's like, you know, he's a horrific character, but he managed to stay the horrific character and actually manipulate the audience into understanding him as a human being while still maintaining that crazy character. Uh, I think... I don't think anybody can pull that off. You know, it's it's a very rare, very rare performer to pull something like that off, especially with his appearance. I mean, let's be honest. Definitely did not fit the mold with the cast of characters at the time, but exceeded expectations far beyond what this theme of the bracket is. But, you know, but just going by and stripping it down to the theme of the bracket, I think still in this case, it's Mankind. Yeah, I got to agree with you heavy on that one. Uh... The man had a match designed specifically for him. The Boiler Room Brawl. Like, I, I don't know what type of gimmick match Luna would have. Um, honestly, I, that, that that has the gears turning. I would like to figure one out. Honestly, I love coming up with gimmicks. But yeah, Mick Foley, Mankind, the whole tortured soul character, the insanity of it, and as you said, getting people to understand him. And yet, while at the same time still being a crazy son of a bitch, really says a lot about the work that he put in for it. Uh, but this is the deciding part of it for me. When The Undertaker bumped him off the apron, and he managed to cartoon-style lodge his head into the table. Yeah. People talk about the cell bump, rightfully so. But for me, 
the fucking Looney Tunes bump was what sealed <laughs> the destiny yep. there of one mankind. <laughs> It was great. He he actually uh, told the story on his pod a few weeks ago about how they gimmicked the table and everything so he could do the perfect. And it it it, it, it was exactly the way he envisioned it in his head, where he would go <laughs> head first through the table and his feet would still be, you know, just kind of dangling up in the air. And it is a brilliant bump. So I'm not mad at it. I would probably lean towards Luna Vachon here because, again, like, I was super impressed by Mankind. I kind of uh, knew of Cactus Jack, and I knew enough to know that it was the same person. So I was more excited than anything, and I really enjoyed the stuff with Undertaker. I thought it was great. Um, Is one of those you know badass heel characters as a child that hooked me and got me in there. Whereas Luna just just bothered me and scared me in a good way, like the best way possible. So I would lean Luna, but I'm outvoted here, and it's not Darso material. So, Mankind moving on to the next round. That brings us to Jake the Snake Roberts and the Fiend. Mm. See, this would be one of those like all-time feuds I would like book if we were doing like a oh. draft. Like I, I can't yeah. like Jake the Snake in his prime versus the Swampy Bray Wyatt. Uh, mm-hmm. The promos would be absolutely legendary. Shit, even the good parts of the Fiend character before the right. booking took 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 a shit. To yeah. see Jake show fear against the the fucking evil mask guy, the Fiend would be crazy. Yeah. But now you're you're looking now picking between these two. You have to pick between like one of the originators of this type of character versus someone who took it and made it modern and awesome. Like, do you go with someone who, you know, made it modern and awesome? Or do you go with the person that, you know, if without him, it pro- that character probably wouldn't be here. So it's kind of like, it's it's tough for me because I love I love them both. But I think for the sake... Uh, see, like, Wrestling Brain wants me to go Jake. But I think... <laughs> I think heavy on the trying to fit the theme... I, I I might lean towards uh, Bray Wyatt on this one. All right. Well, I will take the wrestling brain side and I'll go with Jake here. Um, mostly more so that uh, he's super creepy and the segments he did, you know, the snake pit uh, using snakes as, you know, a lot of people are afraid of snakes. I think one of the, the scaredest, I, the most scared I've ever been in my life. I was at work. And we're we're walking through some freshly like just knocked down brush, and I kicked through it and launched a snake in the air with my foot, the and uh, went running out of the brush where I was. And it probably took me a good fifteen minutes to uh, get my shit back together. And um, so uh, snakes are terrifying uh, to for the most part, uh, and. Jake being the most believable human I think ever in wrestling, whereas the fiend is like, obviously this is Hollywood and it's all bullshit, but he's so good. You can put away your disbelief for a little while and enjoy it. But I'm going to go with Jake, the snake Roberts. Okay. Um, yeah, wrestling brain point. Uh, I would go Jake because Jake definitely, as I, as I said in the previous episode, go back and listen to it again, folks. Let's get those numbers out. Um, <laughs> is uh, Jake was creepy regardless. He was dark. He was mysterious, whether he was a face or a heel. But it always hurt when he turned heel. Like, why are you doing this? But, you know, yo, trust a snake. <laughs> he doesn't say that happily or anything else. Rides off on a tricycle. But, um... <laughs> Ching, ching. You don't make the bell noise. You get a bell. Okay, sorry. I'm picturing Jake on a bell. I'm going way <laughs> off fucking rails here. If you haven't started a podcast as Jake the Snake Roberts yet, I I don't hey know what guys. you're doing with your life. Today, today, welcome to Slither and Whittle. Slither and Whittle. Today we're gonna make another snake out of a tree log. Yeah. <laughs> like wow, I was picturing him all homely in a cabin in Stone Mountain, Georgia. But um. I really got to go with Bray on this one, man, because Bray, the creativity is too undeniable, man. Like, Jake could think of a story right then and there, but Bray thinks of the presentation of it. 
while as you know, Jake is more psychological and lets the mind create what you would see and leaves it open to interpretation. While as Bray has this clear vision of what he wants to show you, what he wants you to be afraid of, what he wants you to marvel at. And he did that with the Swamp Bayou gimmick and he just turned it up to not even 11, to 22. Oh man! With the, the Fiend gimmick. So I gotta go Fiend. All right, I'm not mad at it. And uh, I'm saving my Darso for this next matchup. We'll see how things go. Papa Shango taking on Danhausen. Curse versus Curse. What you got, Ron? Oh, see, like you know, you you, uh, you can't put your cards on the table, Cole. <laughs> you have to be sneak. You have to be sneaky about it. So you're 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 telling me to go Danhausen here is pretty much what you're doing. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go Danhausen because I because you've already admitted that Papa Shango's your dark horse, you know, mildly racist. Um, uh, so, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Whiteface himself, Danhausen. Fuck. <laughs> not, yeah, the name. Not, no, not Caucasian. He painted his no, face no, white. No, no, I know. <laughs> if you're laughing, it's because you're racist. No, I'm Mexican, <laughs> so you the racist. That's true. That's true. He's laughing at you calling me mildly racist and then saying go. something that's like, sort oh, of mildly racist. <laughs> it's, com- it's comedy, boys. It's give and take. Come on. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, Dino, I'm going to let you go first here so I don't I'm play my go. cards. Okay, I'm going to go Danhausen on this one. Not, not because of the elements that Ron talked about, but the fact that... Well, yeah, well, because of those elements as well. But uh, let's face it, folks. Danhausen is... He's a 1960s creature brought into modern times, and you could do so much with it. Like honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of Danhausens for Halloween in the coming years and so forth, because the guy has taken horror and brought it into professional wrestling more than anybody who has done a horror gimmick. Like people have been contacting him to go on their shows. The, uh, magazines are covering. Danhausen, like that is the crossover to it. That is ultimate Halloween right there. That's somebody who, as we stated, he's going to have a long history and career because he doesn't really do any of the crazy bumps or shit like that. He relies on that gimmick, and that gimmick makes the money because it is charming. It is very, very charismatic. And honestly, like if I, I know that you know he's evil and nice, but if I were to walk into a dark room and then see a fucking floating face of Danhausen coming towards me, I'm going to scream and start swinging for everything else. So yeah. Right. Danhausen. All right. Well, it's a clean sweep here for the Danhausen. Moving on to the next round. I do not have to use my Darso. I am so happy right now. All right. Round number two is over. We have reached the final eight. Here we go. Kicking it right off. Undertaker versus Mortis. Is this where the long run of Mortis ends for you ronald i gotta go with mortis on this one. Oh wow nice. whoa shocking i know because cole because cole just pivoted his strategy he's gonna play as darso now mm. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. maybe well for me you will get no satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> for me uh i've got undertaker over mortis for you know all the reasons we've talked about um Undertaker may be one of the few people that I I'm with you, Ron. I think the purple and the purple face mask and the whole deal. That's the coolest look I've it just ever. And like mm-hmm. Undertaker's got so many different Halloween costumes from 30 years of being a WWE. Like he, he you could you could have 20 different people be in the Undertaker and all have some wearing something completely different. It'd be awesome and amazing. So it's Undertaker for me. Yeah, all making, ju- yeah, yeah all joking aside like you know i know we're being funny and just being like playfully spiteful on this shit but uh <laughs> I, I i i do I, I would like to say that like mortis and like the iteration of undertaker that you just brought up there's like probably t- the two just on paper if you were if you were handed the drawings of these two these are the two coolest looking characters that yep. fit the bill for this bracket uh but i don't know just something in me today just wants to be super nice to canyon and i just don't think the mortis character gets talked about enough even though on paper the scoreboard should read Undertaker moving on for a litany of reasons, uh, I'm gonna oh, just yeah. randomly randomly use this platform to give Canyon a little more a little bit more roses. Hmm. All right, Dino, the decider. Uh, I mean, 
as you stated, the Phantom Mask, the 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 Dark Mega Maniacs era of Undertaker, uh, is my favorite. Honestly, that is it. Just I I call it the Phantom of the Opera Mask because that's basically was the inspiration of it. While Mortis was great, but they just did not do anything with him other than have him come out to green and smoke and everything else. Like I I wish that they gave him. I said enough investment to put the pageantry up for it aside from just, you know, doing some really awesome badass move sets and then having a good entrance. I mean, I would want to have seen Canyon's voice work go more into it, like as far as a character goes and like, what would they try to get across with it? But they just did not run with it enough for me to cast a vote as far as like, you know, ultimate Halloween gimmick. While as Taker, you had the, you know, the super ministry goth, heavy element you had the theater kid who loved the phantom one you had the guy who just straight up like oh my dad used to watch this guy the undertaker and he had just the gray gloves and the weird red <laughs> perm mullet um and then you got the racist neighbor across the street biker era but you know let's let's not talk about that um it was stolen no i'm not doing this but um <laughs> we gotta go we gotta go taker because you know the i mark out heavily for that mask i was so upset that somebody was selling replicas of that mask oh, and I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't afford it. It was just way too out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I missed out on it. it too. Yeah. But like, yeah, I can't deny it. I got, I got to go take her. Yeah. Uh, awesome. They they could have paid off Glacier and, and Mortis at WrestleMania. And, I, and that would have right? sold. Yeah. Steal them. Do a whole thing. Dude, Taker and Mortis as tag team champions. Ooh. Make oh. that the, the Brothers of Darkness. Fuck the Brothers of Destruction. Brothers of Darkness. Call them the, Mortis the and the, Taker. The grave mistake. The grave mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, yeah, final eight for Mortis. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and very happy. Is it? We did we did good work today. So is it Taker fi- moving on to the final oh, four. Yeah. So wow. Mantar versus <laughs> Doink the Cloud. I forgot we did How this. How the fuck did we get here? Oh <laughs> certain someone had to do their oh, fucking Darso. <laughs> so the creative now- The creative juices are flowing. Yes. Can you Mantar imagine? has beaten Kane and Kevin Sullivan, and he is in the final eight of this tournament, taking on Doink the Clown. <laughs> Can you imagine if Mantar played mind games with Doink and had two clown noses on his bullhorns? Oh, oh damn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like, Seesaw, Sir Widebottom. <laughs> like, you know, just completely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Bolzo, Mantar. I yeah, Bolzo the clown. Yeah, Bolzo the clown just comes out and just kind of gets in the mind of Doink. <sighs> oh my gosh! I can leave right. You can. <laughs> oh, well, Doink dressed up like a rodeo clown. Oh yes, yes. These are the mind games, folks. We're taking Taker and Mankind, and we're changing it up to Mantar and Doink. I'm down. Dude, this. <laughs> absolutely. I am on board. Harvey Whippleman is in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going Mantar. Of course you're going Oh, God Mantar. damn it. Well, I'm going Mantar getting a big fat cream pie from Doink the Clown and Doink oh, the Clown winning this match. Oh, God. He's just horny Clear enough to receive history. it, folks. Clear your search history on that one. <laughs> clown cream pies a Mantar. Oh, noble. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Do you remember oh. the Do you remember the song you lost your virginity to? I, I have the best ones. I can still feel her beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's more normal. If it was the the heel doink theme, then we really would have had to have a talk. Yeah. <laughs> Diggerdoo. Oh. Oh. So we going home and taking the bull on this one or what? <laughs> it's all up to Dino. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Oh. So wait, how, how many do we have for Mantar? Uh, yes. It's one to one. You one are the one. deciding oh vote for Mantar or Doink the Clown. Yes, you have, you have the unenviable task between choosing between the circus clown and the bull. <laughs> the bull. Who I'm now picturing is losing their virginity with their stubby legs kicking in the air to a Doink 
to a doink. <laughs> Not even a clown, a doink. So it's one of the fake oh, doinks. Got to get was, those cream pies in there, bro. It's true. You got to get those creamy bull pies. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go doink. Fuck it. Doink. All right. Doink the clown. Another, no justice. No justice another, at all. <laughs> you took away Sullivan. You put in a mantar. <laughs> but another you final us... four for doink. Yes. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> Sting versus mankind. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. This one's tough. I will go first on this one. Um, this is basically just going to come down to personal preference for me because they're both so great. Um, I mean, Sting to this day, even as we speak right now, doing the no-sell gimmick, like taking a powerbomb through the table and just popping right up and doing the old-school, you know, surfer Sting, uh, you know, pounding his chest and, and howling and be, oh, even to this day, Sting is still great in his 60s, kicking some ass, but Mick Foley is one of my favorites of all time, and Mankind was one of the first gimmicks that really changed my perspective on the wrestling business. So it, it I got to lean mankind here. Ronald. Yes, for me, um, you know, the scary parts of mankind were, were like, you know, a time window for me. You know, 96, 97, that era where he was really, that first feud with Undertaker, you know, people foaming at the mouth from the mandible claw. You know, that that's... That's that's where it hits home for me as far as mankind, the character being scary. Uh, with Sting, though, soon as he switched to the Crow character, that was it. Like he that that's the thing he he hung his hat on. Uh, he was basically the babyface Michael Myers, the, a guy that just a stoic character, far removed from what he used to be, and just doubled down on that gimmick and had the most success out of it ever since. Uh, changed it up here and there, but still stayed true to that character. Uh, did the Joker thing, and now he's here today in the same Crow gimmick, jumping off shit, uh, hang, uh, you know, mentoring the the creepy guy of today, Darby Allen. So I think I'm just gonna go with longevity on this one. Who's done the scary gimmick the longest? And I think this is where mankind jumps off the train for me, and I'm going Ooh. Sting. Ooh, interesting, interesting. All interesting, right. yes. Oh, yes. okay. Well, then, if we're going to do the longevity thing, then I will, for one, do it uh, in the style of uh, legacy presentation. Well, yes, Sting definitely would show those elements of Surfer Sting when he gets those big bumps and he pops up. He's got the energy again before going back to the dark, uh, mysterious, uh, you know, Crow Sting and just showing up, I looked at him more as like a superhero as far as that goes. Like a Batman meets Crow, the supernatural element, but it's more of a dark element. Kind of like, I want to say kind of like a, a specter in a way. Like, you know, he's got the vulture or he does the crow and anything else like that. He's hiding in the rafters. Like it was more of along the lines of a protector of this of this realm of WCW or wherever he may go. While mankind, yeah, we we've stated it. You know, everybody knows he's insane and everything else. A heartbroken, uh, happy person, just completely driven to insanity. But at the same time, the disturbing part of that factor boils down to not just not just one particular moment, but the moment that stands out the most when he was thrown off the off the cage and then put through the the center of the cell, and trying to put his tongue through a hole in the roof of his, of his mouth, yeah. or the bottom of his lip. But they said he's smiling. And even then, as you look at it, even knowing what you know now, it still looks like he's smiling yeah. with blood pouring from his mouth, his bones completely shattered, and then getting thrown into thumbtacks, getting you know, cracked in the head a bunch of times with a chair or anything else. And the man still is like, oh, I'm still a good guy. Have a nice day. Like that sort of thing. Like to me, that's the more disturbing part about it. That's more Halloween of it. If you ask me, because yeah. you know, it's like all this gore and horrific shit that has happened to this guy. He still wants to be happy. He is that, that split personality that goes to Mick Foley, that goes to Dude Love, that goes mm -hmm. to Cactus Jack. But the people that would know him just for mankind know him as mankind. And the fact that all these horrible things can happen to him and the scars show, the missing ear and the hair clunks, all of that. And he still 
is just himself. This is normal to him. Mm -hmm. That is the true definition of the horror of it. So I got to go Mankind. Love it. All right. Mankind in the final four. All right. Last matchup. The last participant of the final four will be The Fiend or Danhausen, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Very nice. Very evil. Very evil. Oh, I wonder, um, I'm trying to think how this match would go. Like, do you think, like, he would point at him, do the curse, and then the lights go out, he just turns into normal Bray Wyatt, just the Mr. Rogers version, just completely strips oh, down his powers? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think for that alone, I think I might have to pivot and go Danhausen on this one. Yes, Danhausen, Danhausen to the final four. Yes, make it so. 2-0, Dino, your choice. And we can't use a Darso, right? Yeah, oh, you, you absolutely can. Yeah. Oh, you can. Okay. Well, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Fiend on this one. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go full keel. I'm sure everybody listening, no, Dan Hells is going to do it. <laughs> no. No. So are you officially playing your Darso? Darso, motherfucker. <laughs> so. <laughs> I took your hero and i picked him up and i threw him off the cliff very nice very evil have fun collecting your own teeth Danhausen. <laughs> oh i mean this kind of makes me happy you know i'm good I'm, I'm good with bray wyatt moving on obviously you know uh you definitely smashed a uh lantern over Danhausen's head on this one <laughs> Uh, oh, that would be a cool presentation, honestly, because you know they put some fireworks and shit in there. Oh, you know it. He's like, yeah, and into the fire. Oh, shit, reverse brood into uh, it, and Danhausen goes into this pit, and you're like, what happened to Danhausen? Yeah, he's like, ah, yes, Abigail, very good. Yeah, I went to high school with her, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's your sister. Oh, I have, story- I have some stories for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the final four is set. The Undertaker, Doink the Clown, Mankind, and The Fiend. Who will come out victorious? Let's find out right now. This is Undertaker versus Doink. <laughs> this is certainly good company. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? And you just said it. Uh, say the match again. I kind of talk, talked over you, Cole. Undertaker versus Doink, the first of the final four. And this makes me happy because this was the finals of the new generation bracket. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Doink already holds a victory in bracket form over The Undertaker. Will he repeat today, Ronald? And he holds a victory over him in our Doink the Clown storyline and take it up with creative versus <laughs> the pun- versus the Pundertaker. Go back in the archives, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Get those numbers up, folks. Get those numbers up, folks. Okay. So everything in me wants to pick Doink right now just, be- just to solidify a theme of our show. But just for p- potential matchups, uh, I might have to swing Taker here, just because right. I like I like the idea between, well, uh, or the possibility of Doink versus the Fiend. This sounds awesome too. These are matches I want to see. That's the thing. All <laughs> like, of them. Yeah. Thank all God of them for two K because like people are gonna make all these or like use the <laughs> ones in the game. I'm gonna book this shit. So. Yes. Ah, fuck it. Rip it off like a bandaid. I'm just gonna go Taker here. Yeah. All right, Dino. I try to think of things from a logical standpoint. A lot of times they are not well-received, but, you know, it's coming from a logic standpoint, and I respect it. But I got to go with Taker on this one, mainly because the man, even in his face run, even in his heel run, even in his tweener anti-hero, he stayed the same, while his doink, I feel, should have stayed evil, should have stayed the nightmare. Yes, absolutely. Think about it, like... If you brought all the other doinks, he had the, other, the the fake doinks and everything else, but then brought out the minis, the uh, doink, dink, wink, and pink. Have them come out as little tiny evil doinks as well. It's like, do those taker moments where he takes someone into the ring, like reaches up and pulls them in, while as doink sends his legions of clowns and fucking kidnaps somebody and takes them into this circus music playing smoke-filled nightmare very pretty much a pennywise type of situation like i smell cotton candy and popcorn but they're taking this person into a multicolored abyss and so yes i think 
that if they would have done that with Doink, it would have been a shoe-in, but they didn't. They turned him face. They ruined the whole persona of it. And so I got to go with Taker. Yeah, see, had we had the pencil, we would have been having Doink the Clown cream pie and Paul Bear on the weekly basis. <laughs> yes, that that was the 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 birth of the cream pie running gag on the show. Even uh, better. My uh, underwear. Everybody gags on a cream pie. <laughs> so I'm with you guys. Uh, Doink the Clown's magical run here over the last few months of this show is coming to an end today. Oh. Undertaker moving to the finals of the Halloween bracket with the creative team. So that leaves us only one more matchup before the finals. Mankind versus the Fiend. Fuck. Oh, this would be <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> some... <laughs> this would be some of the best television I think ever you could possibly make. Um I'm proposing yeah. a take it up with creative for this match right now. Please do. Uh that sounds like a great idea. Please we'll do. just we'll set them both kind of in their prime or yeah. we'll figure that out. But oh yeah. yeah. Fiend versus Mankind, put it down on the list of possibilities for Take It Up with Creatives. Absolutely. That's what happened last time we did a bracket. It it gave us birth to the Doink the Clown, Take It Up with Creatives. So, yep. It, it oh, prov- these, these brackets, brackets are so much fun. Yeah. Yes. This is the most fun I've had on a bracket thus far, for sure. And oh, yeah. it's given us matches we didn't know we needed, including this one probably being the king of them all. Right. Yeah. Right. So for me, I th- oh, my goodness. Well, this it, is uh, so good just to think about this matchup. It's great. Even the buildup itself, because yeah. like a lot of people don't give Bourne any uh, like flowers for his promos. Like you mean, uh, if you could find the Born Again promos from ECW, you thought you would think to yourself, Jesus man, why didn't they give this guy the mic more? Like he really right. could have just turned Doink into just this completely unreversible entity. But Doink but, is out. Doink is out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still well, thinking yeah, of but Doink. He's, just, he's still focusing on Doink. Which is oh, I'm still okay. focusing on Doink. Sorry. Oh, no, he's haunting me. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so for me, Mankind or The Fiend, the this fiend. is just going to come down to, to uh, I my childhood fandom outweighs things. And mm-hmm. so I'm just going Mankind for no other reason than uh, it just was younger. It was first. It's it's my, you know, in my wheelhouse of my fandom. So j- slight edge for mankind over the fiend. For me, I'm picturing like, you know, 2000, f- 2014 WrestleMania. Like if, if Mick can go, and this is where Bray was on the come up during the Swamp character, and then everything okay. got, everything halted when John Cena beat him. It shouldn't have happened. Nope. Uh, but, you know, if, if anyone else was going to be in that spot other than Cena, it would have been great if Mankind came back, if Mick Foley donned the mask, had a big buildup with Bray, and then he just made the guy. Uh, and just thinking of that story and how that could how that can play out, for me, for the sake of content, for Dino to be the decider yet again, I'm going to go Bray. Mm. All right, Dino. <clears throat> well, given my, my spiel about... Mankind being this disturbed uh, persona, despite whatever has happened to him, he sees it as just being himself, true happiness and everything else, even in the carnage and brutality that he faced. Um, It seems too positive for me. Now, I am a gigantic Mick Foley fan. I loved everything that that man has done from childhood to now and beyond. And I think even he would understand that, you know, as if, if this particular bracket was happening, Bray would be the winner all the way on it as far as that goes, because he he makes nightmares happen. While as mankind, you see the, the redemption in him, while as Bray has always evolved into it. And yeah, you could say people cheered him and everything else, but you can chalk that up to people becoming his followers. Like the whole world building that he's done for it doesn't stop at the fact that he you know was originally a swamp bayou cult leader who just evolved into this evil force this darkness that lingers into the form of now reaching a younger audience quote unquote with this kid show even though it's just a reflection of his madness so i i have to go with the storytelling on that one i'm gonna go bray the fiend yeah i then 
piggybacking on what you just said, like, you know, it whenever like a heel is being cheered, you know, the the commentators don't really have an out for it. They're like, Oh, we're in Bizarro World. Whereas mm-hmm. they had an out for this guy. You know, like this guy's influence is that good. Like yep. he's a cult leader. Even even the, even the audience here in this X city uh, is falling for it. They're in his trance. Yep. Yeah. Good shit, pal. Yeah. Good. It is good shit. You guys make wonderful points, and I appreciate all of it. But it's time to play the music, Ronald. That is correct. I am using my Darso because you can't take him with you to the next episode, so fuck it. I'm using it now to put mankind through to the final. I think Ron needs to make a video just him dancing to the Repo Man music. I mean, oh. have that be like a, a tier <laughs> subscription kind of thing. If you want to see Ron <laughs> dance to the Repo Man song all through it. Yeah, sign up for Patreon right now. There you go, uh, Patreon. Son yes, of a bitch. absolutely. Uh, yeah, and how poetic are the finals of this bracket right now? Yes, very much so. I think, to me, I really feel like this feud is one of the one of the very few feuds that really made both of these guys careers. Like the undertaker was a big deal and he was an attraction and he was all of those things. But I feel like once he had the feud with mankind, it like changed the perception of the undertaker. He went from being like this larger than life character to being like, Holy shit, this guy's a fucking wrestler. Like he's a good worker he can do all this stuff. And a lot of it wasn't his fault because it's not his fault that he was wrestling King Kong Bundy and Giant Gonzalez and, you know, the likes of those guys. But, like, at the end of this Mankind gimmick, I think The Undertaker was looked on differently. So this is a great finals. Um, shit, since I'm already talking, I guess I should make my vote. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So Undertaker is arguably the most, you know, he's right up there in folklore with the Andre the Giants of the world, and, you know, as being one of the biggest names ever. He's definitely, he's right up there as the, the biggest attraction wrestlers of all time. But I just fucking love Mick Foley and this Mankind gimmick, just my entire childhood. Like, it's one of the first, characters that wasn't like i'm a straight good guy i'm a straight bad guy you know i'm a heel wrestler like this is one of those things where it wasn't a wrestling gimmick it wasn't a wrestling character it was something different where this crazy person who just happened to be a wrestler and it and even as i'm reaching my teenage years at this point with with mankind um and like I said, Giant Gonzalez had exposed the business to me as a nine-year-old, so I knew what it was. <laughs> and so, but even as this 14, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old, mankind made me believe in wrestling. And so, for me, I'm going mankind. That's tremendous. Yeah, mankind is, by all means, like the first realism, scary character I saw. Uh, where like you know it looked gimmicky, but you felt this dude was deranged more than playing a character. And you know I I say that, but I'm also ten years old at the time, and I was buying in from everybody, you know. And with that being said, Taker was like the king of that. You know, it's just like I was so confused. And, and Taker said it perfectly on Joe Rogan. He was like, you know, I know he's not really dead, but something's wrong there. You know, <laughs> there's something weird about this guy. And, you know, it's funny because I didn't think Taker was going to make it to the finals given the the track record of these brackets. <laughs> like, the obvious choice doesn't usually make it. Uh, but, I mean, how, how you can't deny that, you know, the whole Halloween theme, you know, they used Halloween in reference and, like, trying to make the character, like, going over the character with him. Like, Jim Cornette is the uh, it, legend, as legend goes, he's the one that taught him the sit-up. And told him that he should incorporate the sit-up in his in his character, and referenced Halloween slash Jason Voorhees with that. So it's like they were pulling ideas out of all the spooky Halloween themed hats for this character. And on paper, this character should not have survived, but 
it just happened to be portrayed by Mark Calloway, who made this thing fresh for 30 years. Um, whereas the Mankind character, uh, the scariest parts of the Mankind character were about two to three years long. Um, and yeah, going by what you said for the two of them, these two needed each other like so much at the time. Because Taker had beaten everybody. He was getting kind of stale. Uh, and the and the the mankind character revitalized not only him but it also made mankind too. Like mankind needed that to solidify himself on the roster, and Taker needed that next opponent that was believable enough to go the distance with them and beat him so decisively. Oh God, I'm, I love reliving that because I'm, I'm I'm only a decade old at the time, and it's just it brings me back to such a good time. So all that being said, I think I'm going to go back and put my predictable pants on and go Undertaker here. <laughs> all right. So the ultimate deciding vote. Who is the greatest Halloween-themed character in the history of professional wrestling? Dino Winwood. Well, I like to do it from the perspective of the storytelling as well. Uh, yes, uh, mankind definitely shed his personas within a year or two because that's how they felt that the gimmick should go. Uh, for me, it was the transitioning of the personalities that always brought him back to who he was. Whether it be Dude Love, you'd see those shades of mankind. Whether it be Cactus Jack, you would see those random shades of any other personality. While at the same time, just being this nightmarish pin cushion for thumbtacks or being put through the flaming tables or being covered in his own blood and everything else. Yes, it boils down to, if it was a uh, personal preference, I would choose Mankind as it because I love Mick Foley and I love the longevity of what he does with a gimmick that should only really get so much mileage out of it. But he was able to make it mean so more like so much more as opposed to like, oh, the Undertaker's this because he's dead. But then he randomly turned into a biker and then just randomly turned into a MMA type of uh, <laughs> biker and then a big dead cowboy biker MMA. What? <laughs> he's just mixing these gimmicks. I don't get this now. What is he doing? Go back to the death. Like literally just upset with it. Yeah, And yet at the same time, like de deleting that completely because believe me i do not watch much of biker taker i just did not give a shit about it i go back to those matches with taker as the dead man and he was even even able to get one more out of me with the cinematic match with aj styles right i'm like okay this seems like this could work for him it, it, hopefully it does and it did it really did, and I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get more cinematic matches because I don't want to see him in the ring anymore. The man looks like he is standing on peanut brittle because he has just put himself through so much hell. But that said and done, speaking of peanut brittle and anything sweet, I'm thinking of Halloween candy, so I got to go with The Undertaker on this one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. The Undertaker, Ronald has won the bracket. <laughs> I'm my picturing goodness. you Ronald McDonald as the Undertaker now. As Undertaker Ronald. Oh my gosh, that's right. That'd be amazing. Uh, is this gonna the sacrifice first time... Birdie on <laughs> the Golden Arches? Oh god. <laughs> oh my gosh. He raises the lights and the golden arch lights up. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And you got the little, the little like fry kid minions and the little McNugget kids dressed up as the as the minions as well. Oh my oh. gosh. He's got he's got the McDonald's apron on with his cowboy hat. He's like one sad meal, please. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a toy. Oh. Oh. <sighs> Well, this, there you have it, Ronald. The Undertaker has finally won a bracket. He has. I, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. You know, and I voted against him quite a few times on this bracket. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pleasantly surprising. Uh, you know, uh, I feel like uh, a, a bracket for funsies turned into, you know, a bracket of facts. And uh, mm -hmm. the man won. The man on top won. Mantar was, you know, I, I give the slight edge to Mantar still. You know, if this was Mantar versus Taker, 
we'd be having a completely different story, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, what better way to end the Halloween bracket than anointing Undertaker as the greatest Halloween character of all time? Uh, I, I do want to say this, though. If the universe was different and Mantar became Kind-Tar, or Mantar-Kind, or Mankind-Tar, Undertaker would not have won this bracket. No. So, just Regular picture man. Mantar wearing the mask of Mankind. <coughs> Go <laughs> This is stupid. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if Mantar would have weaseled his way into the finals with Undertaker, we'd be having a different conversation right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he would yeah, Taker would have been in the grave. That's yeah. it. Oh. Give me a cinematic match with Mantar. Dude. Then we'll then we'll then we'll talk. We'll come back to this back. At least a cinematic cameo. Like like he just he's in the background. And then just like, fucks off. You're like But just yeah, people are like, what the fuck was Mantar here? Was that Mantar? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> broken matt hardy if you're listening <laughs> that is perfect broken matt hardy segment and random mandar <laughs> hells yes yes and, All then, right. and, and then jeff oh. t- jeff jeff attempts to ride him out of the house out of the compound and gets pulled over does a swanton off of him still though oh because jeff hardy my goodness <laughs> oh all right well that's gonna do it ladies and gentlemen for this week <laughs> big thank you to dino winwood for joining us once again how did you enjoy yourself this this two-week process with us sir i i definitely it didn't feel like two weeks i could tell you that much but it was a lot of fun uh happy to come back thank you guys again for having me um but yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I had I had a blast the last time, despite the fact that we got to do a shoot about the taker. But I think I feel like I kind of redeemed myself given the yes. results here. My goodness, yes. yeah, I felt like I was in Bizarro World. I was like, how is he on Taker's side so much here? Because I'm a character guy. I'm a yeah. character guy, and I love the storytelling. So that's all that matters to me. So fantastic. Well, thanks for being here. So for Ron Kilborn and our our guest. Dino Woodwood. I am Cole Dawson saying thank you. We love you and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team!